Welcome to Mental Health Film Comment. This is Brian here with you. The 2007 film Michael Clayton is a legal thriller concerning a um, corporate fixer, I think you might call him, played by Tom Wilkinson, which sheds um, a light on bipolar disorder in a lot of ways. Joining us today is author, speaker, and coach Bob Krillish. Uh, Bob, thank you for being here today. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, now, I, I do want to mention a, a, a few resources uh, up front, as I do every episode, uh, for those who might be going through a hard time right now and, and need to reach out to someone. There are a couple different crisis uh, text lines. In the U.S., you can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741, 741. In the U.K., you can text SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, to 85258. Depending upon where you are in the world, there I know there are other crisis text lines elsewhere in the world. So depending on where you are in the world, check your local listings, as they say. Uh, Bob, thank you for being here today. I, I appreciate it. You're, really welcome. You're very welcome. Um, just a second. Oh, yeah. No worries. Yes, I'm sorry. You're very welcome. Um, my pleasure. Um, enjoy your podcast. Thank oh, you. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you. I... Um, now, Michael Clayton is a, a film which apparently not based on a short story, but but it could have been. Uh, one of the sure. nice things about this podcast that I'd like to do is is emphasize education and info and referral, et cetera, et cetera. And going back to the basics, um, so to speak, what, what what is bipolar disorder? Bipolar is a mood disorder that um, has two major episodes in it, mania and depression. And then there's a normal mood or euthymic mood, which we get to occasionally. But what we're trying to prevent is getting into mania or getting into depression. And mania has a strict definition to it, just like major depressive disorder does based on the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual on Mental Health, on Mental Illness, yeah. What, um, what, 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 what does your um, journey through, you know, the, the, the wild and wonderful world of um, mental health, <laughs> what, what, what brought you mm-hmm. uh, on, onto this uh, journey? Yeah, <clears throat> with bipolar, it's hereditary, uh, but it's not always activated. So bipolar requires the genetic uh, propensity and it requires some kind of a emotional uh, energy that usually you see in 16, 17, 18 year old uh, teenagers, they have some conflict in some part of their life and it activates them. But you'll also see that twins could be with the same gene pool and only one got activated and the others did not like my brother and sister did not. But when I was 16, my dad, who I later learned had bipolar uh, just left 
uh, got up and left and one in the middle of the night and never, yeah. never came back, never yeah. heard from him. And that was a pretty dramatic uh, episode uh, event for me. So it triggered my bipolar. And so since I'm 16, I'm, I'm systematic. I mean, I'm symptomatic mm-hmm. with bipolar, but I don't get diagnosed, Brian, until I'm 51. So I go 35 years of being symptomatic, undiagnosed, untreated bipolar. Now, what, um, and it's funny you mention that because there's often um, a stereotype or, or stigma, whatever you want to call it, that it's mm-hmm. often teenagers, that it's often, you know, fill in the blank. But this is something that can affect anyone and can be diagnosed at, at any age. Would, would, that, would, that be, would that be correct? Yeah, most of the time it gets diagnosed, you know, and in and, and an earlier age, but the um, but it can be diagnosed at any age. It can go undetected. Um, the major reason it goes undetected is that the doctor needs to see you being manic in order to diagnose you bipolar. But most of the time we go see the doctor when we're depressed in our depressive episode and we don't make mention of our mania. And so the doctor just thinks we have a major depressive disorder and treats us accordingly. But the, the problem is that when we're manic, we feel so superior and so super manish, you know, superhero like that. We don't even think about going to see a doctor. We would, we would only talk to a doctor if a doctor asked me for advice, I wouldn't be asking a doctor for advice. So we, we never present ourselves in the mania. And it was only because I was in a mixed episode that I end up presenting myself in mania when I was kind of thrown out of my home after 24 years of being married mm-hmm. after a major manic break. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor got to see both my depression and my mania at the same time. What, um, what, what would be the, the main... Um treatment options or, or paths to, mm-hmm. to, to recovery, what, what would be the, the, the main treatment that would be available? Yeah, for, for me to treat it properly, I need to do like three things. I, there's medication. There's, um, I take medication. I take a mood stabilizer. I also have bipolar with psychosis or psychotic features. So I take an antipsychotic because I have delusional thinking if I don't. Um, it usually comes with some other things like general anxiety disorder or ADHD. So I'm medicated for that as well. Mm-hmm. And then the second pillar would be talk therapy. And so since 11 years ago, I've been seeing a therapist once a week. And now I have about 700 hours of therapy. And so I have a lot of insight on my illness. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing are coping skills, like getting enough sleep, for example, mm-hmm. would be one major. I always tell people that if you're sleeping five hours a night, it doesn't matter what meds you're on or what therapy you're going through. Your, mm-hmm. your, your body is not strong enough to overtake the bipolar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like and- that. Exactly. Now, on, on your website, on the, the blogs um, section, um, you write about uh, meds and, um, and 
if I, if I could ask, I know that currently in, in 2021, there is a, an element in, in our, um, our demographic, whatever, whatever the, the, the term would be, mm-hmm. a population, um, whatever, whatever the word would be, who is anti-psychiatry. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not anti-psychiatry. I don't see the, you know, I, I just don't, you know, if, if people are, you know, anti this or, or whatever, you know, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. more, 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 power, more power to you. <laughs> okay, I, 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 don't, I don't share that view. Um, mm-hmm. One of the, the views that I, that I am slightly partial to is a lot of the conversations concerning uh, benzos, which Benzo, are sure. one area of med. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Now, in that respect, r- removing it from you know the the whole anti psychiatry thing, but but limiting it specifically to uh, benzos. Um, do you um, think that? Um, like, like, I guess, let me, let me, just trying to think how to phrase this mm-hmm. question. <laughs> would, sure. would you include those who are looking to make a, and, and let me just interject a disclaimer, do not make any changes without talking to a doctor. That should, should be paramount. So I, so I just want to interject, yeah. you know, necessary disclaimer. But um, that, that said, do would you include those looking to make a change in their meds mm-hmm. in the same category as those who don't who don't want to take them would you would you include those two in the same category well there are some there's a lot of people that don't take the meds that don't like the meds um and so uh and the disorder itself makes you feel better when you're on the meds mm-hmm. so you think you're cured you know you think mm-hmm. it's like taking cold medicine i'm done i feel better i don't need the meds anymore so getting off the meds is a fairly um regular uh, thing that happens unfortunately to people um things like a benzo i I find for myself were used as needed and uh, i just looked on my desk and i have a bottle of benzos that I haven't even opened for like three years. So <laughs> I, I barely use it. Um, but it was great when I was flying a lot yeah. um, for my anxiety there. But, um, but the meds are very elusive. The, mm-hmm. the, it's, it's one of those illnesses that makes you feel like you shouldn't be on meds. It's really yeah. insidious that way. Yeah, definitely. Because there, there has been, I, um, and, and like I said, I, I'm not a fan of, of the whole, um, you know, the folks who think that there's no such thing as mental illness and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it just seems like there's, <clears throat> it, it, it feels to me like you have these two sides that are like meds, <laughs> meds, meds, and then another side that's meds are bad, meds are bad, meds are bad. And it's like, wait right. a second, that's... <laughs> What about you know the middle ground where it's Where's like the middle? Yeah, yeah, it's it's like there's no so so yeah, it's something where um, if those are the only two extremes that people hear all the time, right. how is that helpful? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's like it's not helpful. The people the people I coach 
Um, you know, for me, the delineation is I'll ask a person that I'm coaching if they're able to get everything that they want out of life. Yeah. Can you get a relationship? Can you get a job? Can you get your own place to live? Can you have your own money? Whatever that is, whatever that is to them, I don't put it on them. Mm-hmm. And if they, they say that they were able to have a job when they were on the meds, mm-hmm. but they didn't like the meds and they got off the meds and they lost a job, then maybe the meds worked for them. You know, maybe they're, they're my, I get a job meds. And then for others that manage to just do this with coping skills and some supplements, you know, good for them. You know, I mean, I, I just haven't been able to get what I want out of life without the meds, but I know people do all the time. It's just not the majority of the people that seem to be able to get that all done. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. And, and one of the and on that point, one of the things that I, I frequently hear is the notion of pill shaming. And mm-hmm. I've, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that there are people out there who would make someone feel bad for taking meds. I am not I am not one of those people at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, if anything, that's something to be, you know, honored and respected and appreciated that someone's being responsible sure. and taking care of themselves. Uh, but I really don't understand where that notion of of pill shaming came from. I just Yeah, and I, I hear it. I, I hear it. I, you know where I especially hear it from is because I have ADHD. Mm-hmm. I hear from people all the time that say um, that I shouldn't be on a methamphetamine. You know that I'm just um, I'm addicted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know if I just tried harder, mm-hmm. um, if I you know was more you know whatever they want to say, and 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 they just don't understand. Mm-hmm what the methamphetamine does for me it really doesn't like a lot of people think it makes me hyper it makes me smarter makes me get more energy but it actually relaxes me Mm -hmm. where if a person without adhd took the methamphetamine they would be wired where Mm -hmm. i'm calmer because i'm on it Mm -hmm. so i've had people give me a little bit of grief about methamphetamine and i've heard of people shaming others because they think you know, the shame kind of goes like this. They say, you don't need meds if you just try harder. Yeah, I don't I don't get that. You don't need meds. And I'm like, you know, or I love it when people tell me it's all in my mind, you know, because <laughs> I, I say exactly that's the problem. Yeah. It is all in my mind. Yeah. My mind is messed up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. But but you know what I mean? It's like I, I wish that there could be more of a dialogue and more of a conversation um, mm. in, in mental health because it's, it seems like there's almost like an echo chamber of yeah. all the anti-meds people are, are, are only talking with all the other anti-meds people. And uh, you know, it's like the two sides never really have any dialogue. And that well, they, just, that just blows my mind as to why you know, why they're, you know, why we can't just be, all be one big happy family, <laughs> as it were. Well, you know, what, what, what I don't understand is why don't we just look at the outcome? Exactly. Is the yeah. person getting the outcome they want in life? And if they're not, then let's figure out what does work for that person. Mm-hmm. It could be a bunch of fish oil or it could be a whole bunch of antipsychotics. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know, but let's figure it out. I've been through 60 different med changes in the past 12 years. Mm -hmm. So I've been aggressively figuring it out. What combination of supplements and meds and therapy works for me, Mm -hmm. but the focus is always on like the treatment, but not the outcome. And I, I wish the focus was more on how did it work? Then what are you taking? Oh, a- absolutely. And, and for those who are tapering off their meds and you're all with, with their knowledge, with, with the knowledge and approval and, and blessings of their doctor, I want to emphasize uh-huh. with the blessings. Uh-huh. Of, right. I, 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 I stand by you. And for those who are taking their meds, with the direction and approval of their of their, uh, of their doctor, I stand with you as well. So, yeah. uh, but but you're right. The 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 outcome that at the end of the day, that's what that's the important thing. You know, the only me, thing that really matters, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and then more so to, to to this film, Michael Clayton. And I'm not spoiling anything when I say this, but the title character going off if if he if this character did not go off his meds there'd be no movie that's you know a key um driver of the Mm storyline is this title character you know functioning in this you know high corporate if it were a le- if it were more of a legal movie, it might be a, a you know a John Grisham type movie. Um, but that's the 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 backstory of of this character is right. having that diagnosis he's working through being in in a high pressure environment and so someone who exactly struggling with gambling, which is one of the many signs of bipolar mania, is you you engage in high risky uh, activities and he's getting himself in trouble and it's because he's off his meds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I didn't see a scene in the movie where he talked to his doctor. Hey, do you think I could change up some of these meds? I didn't see that, that scene. Cause there no, wasn't that scene. <laughs> you know, I can go through a dozen movies on bipolar and they don't have that scene. They don't have that scene of them going to their doctor and saying, these aren't working. What else might work? Yeah. They just go from here's what the doctor gave me to stopping the meds, like in Silver Lining Playbook or Touch With Fire, yeah, or any do, one of those. Yeah. Do, do you recall a movie? And someone had asked me about this on another podcast that I was on um, that movie Garden State. Do you remember the movie Garden State? I don't remember Where, that one. No. This Sorry. is a movie which featured a character who went off his meds unilaterally without okay. <laughs> without, without the, the direction doctor. of his doctor. And, and <laughs> right. I emphasize that, and, and I'll continue to, to emphasize that because that's the key component. Whatever you know, area or, or avenue yes. your recovery looks like, unless, <laughs> unless you yourself are a physician or a doctor, your doctor right. needs to be kept in the loop as to what you're taking or not taking, because if your doctor does not know, you get situations like what do you see in this film? Right, exactly. I mean, you you need you need somebody else who's seeing you at your worst, mm-hmm. and then decide helping you decide if you should be medicated or not. But we, when we get better, when we feel better, and we don't like the meds, we feel great, you know, because the meds made us feel great. 
but we don't like the side effects of the meds or whatever it is we don't like. Mm -hmm. Then we decide that we're cured and we get off the meds. Well, no doctor would tell you you're Mm -hmm. cured of bipolar because there is no cure. And so that's where the doctor would be very helpful in preventing you from stopping the meds. But we never go to the doctor and talk about that because we feel great. Yeah, It's like, yeah. I don't have my cold anymore. So why would I go see my doctor about my mm-hmm. cold? I'm just going to stop taking the meds. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, but, and that's worth repeating. I know I've mentioned that on, on this podcast and other podcasts and, and you're mentioning it right now, whatever recovery looks like for you, whether it's meds, no meds, be sure your doctor is kept in the loop. Um, I, that, you know, I cannot emphasize that enough. Be sure your doctor is kept he, in the loop. You need that professional person looking at you, understanding you, and helping you make that decision. And they do. I, I know people that have gotten off their meds mm-hmm. and gotten on supplements through their doctor. Other people, like myself, were on the meds through their doctor. Um, and, and, and what I also encourage people to do is really educate yourself a lot about the your illness and about the pharmacology, what it is you're taking. Um, I, I have, I, I'm at a point now when I meet with my psychiatrist, we talk for about 20 minutes and then he asks me what we ought to do. He, he knows that I'm so familiar with all the medication and, and the side effects and the, and the, the way my bipolar is presenting itself right now. So I highly recommend that you get to a point where you're having a consultative type meeting not a directive meeting exactly all possible definitely now was there a uh in the u.s uh fda i believe is one of the governing bodies for Mm -hmm. food 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 and drug administration in the u.s i I think it's other depending on where you are in the world it may be a different uh governing agency but in the u.s it is the fda and my understanding is that a few months ago and this will this is you'll be hearing this podcast January 2021. So I'm referring to sometime mid 2020. But my understanding is that the FDA put a black box warning on mm-hmm. some meds. What what do you know about that? I don't know about that. And that's probably because the sources that I'm looking at are not really sharing that information as they ought to. And I really need, I appreciate you bringing that to my attention because I'm really interested in what particular meds that's on and what is the warning. Um, But I, I'm disappointed when it's not brought to my attention, you know, and I'm in everything. I mean, I'm in, I'm I'm looking at bipolar all day long because of my work and that's not even in, in in my stream of attention so i'm very interested in finding out what that is mm-hmm. and also going to be wondering why you know i might need to rely on a different source to get yeah. me my information or add a source yeah well, well one thing um i want to talk about is you have some and i'll keep this very minimal because i know that you, you you do not have um that you're not directly involved with um, this organization, mm-hmm. but there are a, a couple different um, mental health organizations in the U.S., which I do mention because people should know about them and they do a lot of good work. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is, um, 
Do you think that, well, actually, let, let, me, let me rephrase that. It seems like these two organizations do uh, you know, amazing work on a local level. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, and I believe you, you're involved with one of these groups on a local level. Um, on a national level, though, that's, that's mm -hmm. a whole different story. <laughs> and why, why do you think that is? That both of these groups, you know, they have a lot of just amazing local affiliates. Yes. And yet the, the national level of these groups does not have that same level of, 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 um, of, of good uh, reputation, I guess you could say. Yeah, or outcomes. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, with the one I'm involved in, um, they are so involved at the national level, on policy level, legislative mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, they're so, they're for who they are, and I won't mention it, but who they are, there's a huge disconnect between uh, people with mental illness and people mm -hmm. without. So at the national level, it's run by a lot of people that don't have a mental illness mm -hmm. and they're really not acquainted with people with a mental illness. Mm -hmm. they, they do these top-down programs yeah. that they think will work for people. But then at the local affiliate level, you're typically dealing with just about everybody has a mental illness of some sort. Exactly. And so you're really where the rubber meets the road. And so the, the, the programs that you see at the local level are excellent because they're constantly getting feedback from people who have this illness mm -hmm. and illness. They're being taught to people with an illness. So they're constantly interfacing with people with an illness. Where at the national level, they're not. I've worked yeah. at the national level yeah. a couple of times. And I'm like, does anybody on the board have a mental illness? Does anybody? Yeah. Does a... And they didn't. They yeah. didn't. I was like, yeah. this is ridiculous. I mean, it just yeah. uh, seemed like they were. They, they knew it from a, um, a professional kind of level. Mm -hmm. Doctors and PhD. Uh, but not from an experiential level they didn't really have yeah. a lot of people in leadership that actually had a mental illness Definitely. at the national level which just really took the sails out of, you know took the wind out of my sails about it yeah yeah well another thing that, that i want to ask you about and it's kind of you know, again, on the theme of like state of the state of the nation, mm -hmm. as it were, for bipolar yeah. is yeah. Um, yeah. in the U in the U.S. Uh, there was the 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 three digit toll free number for the suicide crisis hotline, and which is obviously good news, um, mm -hmm. and, and and should be acknowledged as good news because because it is right. you know if people right. need help they they do need that um, you know so it is good news there's no no qualm about that. However, um, and I, I had alluded to this, um, you know, prior to um, us, us recording, is I do have a lot of skepticism of how much, how effective it will be in reducing the amount of suicides. Yeah. If everything yeah. is always on the back end, on the worst case, and a lot right. of these resources are not going to warm lines, are not going to right. better hours. So a lot, a lot of stuff on the preventative side is being overlooked right. 
for purposes of, of the crisis light. And, and do you, um, I mean, do, do you think that this, the, this upcoming, and I believe it's going to be 2022, 2020, you know, still a couple, yeah. couple years out, but right. do you think that this is going to, you know, exceed simply being a good thing and, and be like, a, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Because it, it, I still have a lot of skepticism I, I about it. I hope, you know, I don't know who it's going to be staffed by. And um, I have a dream. I even formed a company called Bi the, the Bipolar Hotline. And, and that idea was because I wanted people to have a place to reach out before they would reach out to a suicide hotline. You know, maybe they just need to talk things through. And if you can get them earlier in the process and give them, and then I would want it staffed by people with bipolar or, 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 or um, yeah, with bipolar that are, that are well, because yeah. they can talk as a peer. When I use these hotlines before, I've talked to these hotlines before, I don't always feel like I'm getting a peer and it usually is pretty late in the process, mm -hmm. you know, so I don't know what effect that's going to have. They do a lot of good when people do call them, but it's just, um, there's also a lot of people they can help because they're just too far into it. Mm -hmm. I've, I've made an attempt on my life and I know what it's like to be that far into it. And the last thing on my mind while I was in the throes of making an attempt was calling the suicide hotline. Mm -hmm. um, but if I would have been interrupted a month earlier, I would have probably called out a bipolar hotline if I knew if something like that existed. Because oh. I was just really struggling with the symptoms of bipolar at the time. And then all of a sudden, the suicide you know, takes over and, and you really start to feel out of control. Definitely. Now, what, what would you say for those who are struggling, who, who are going through a hard time right now, whether they just got a diagnosis, whether it's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, navigating through their meds and, and figuring out how that looks, what, what would you, you say for those who are hearing this and either want to, um, you know, yell at the podcast and say what's this guy yeah. talking about or or, or whatever yeah. or you know what would you yeah, say to, to right. those who might be listening who are just having a really sure. bad time right now i'd say um i'm really sorry you're having a really bad time i've had um dark 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 times myself and i know when people were reaching out to me i didn't appreciate them much I didn't appreciate when somebody would say to me, I know how you feel because I'd be like, F you, if you do, you don't know how I feel. Yeah. You, if you knew how I feel, you'd be on the floor with me. And, but I, when I say, I know how you feel, I can really say it from my, from truth that I do know how you feel. And the biggest thing that helped me was that I just, I held on to a little bit of hope. And, and for me, that was all just by my own design. But what I always share with people that I work with and talk to mm -hmm. is that treatment does work um, for just about everybody. And if you just go ahead and experiment a little bit with treatment and see what the outcome is, give it like three to six months. 
And yeah, deal with the side effects later. They're going to have side effects and there are other, there are other medications or other forms of treatment, but get on something right now that makes you feel better and then work on adjusting from there. The treatment really works. Um, and I've seen it dozens and dozens of times with people I work with that they've gone from just total infinite hopelessness to a real positive feeling about their lives. So God bless you and, and hang in. I mean, hold on to something dear to you and, 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 and experiment with the treatment and just give it a few months. And, and, and I, I can almost promise you that you'll, you'll come out of it. Definitely. And, and I do want to re remind you, uh, wherever you are listening, um, you're, you're not alone. You, you are not you're alone. Definitely not alone. No, you're not alone. There's a lot of people that are in the same situation or similar. Nobody's in the same situation as you're in. And I don't want to discard or discount your situation. I know it's awful. And I, and I know for you, it's as awful as anything can ever be. And I, I remember that too. I remember people would ask me, they would tell me, you should read the book of Job in the Bible and, <laughs> and then compare your life with his. And I was like, well, after you there too, because <laughs> uh, I don't give a crap about yeah. Job yeah. And, and his life makes no difference on mine. Yeah. So I know you're just, you're just licking the floor right now, you yeah. know, and there's just nothing that seems to matter. Um, but there's a lot of people like yourself that are in that boat. And I'm one of the ones that have been there and I pulled myself out by getting medicated which gave me enough clarity of mind to make better decisions about my treatment. I didn't always stay on the same med. I did a lot of changes, but I needed that clarity. I needed to be able to get off the floor. Correct. And one, and one thing I did want to just briefly mention is I know many people listening, and hopefully um, we have a limited number of the anti-psychiatry folks listening, but you had mentioned um, side effects. And that's something that I just mm -hmm. want, want to clarify is regardless of what medication you're taking, whether it's a psychotropic matter, whether it's, you know, for a clip toenail or whatever the, the, it, it, it is, you're going to have a side effect period across the board there are <laughs> even over the counter yeah, yeah over even over the counter aspirin or whatever right. it is there is going to be a side effect so i, I just want to just, just clarify that that uh, you know <laughs> yeah there's always going to be a side effect yeah. and what i what i suggest everybody you know uh, this is my own advice that i take yeah. is i say bob the side effect of not being medicated is that I don't have any contact with my mm -hmm. kids. I'll lose my girlfriend. I'll lose my income and I'll be back. I was homeless for two years. So I'll be right back there. And so that's a huge side effect. You know, maybe I gained Definitely. a little bit of weight. I can live with the weight gain, but I don't want to be back to where I have nothing again in my life. Definitely. So, and, and I mentioned that not, not to make light of anyone who might be no. feeling, you know, oh, the, 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 this, this side effects of the last drought. So I don't, I don't say that to make light of, of what you're feeling, but, but rather no, to um, just the opposite, to, to acknowledge that and to, um, and right. to let your doctor know. And, and again, keep your doctor in the loop. So, 
Um, Keep your doctor in the loop. They can definitely they can do a lot about the side effects. They can change your med. Um, I had a med that uh, I used to have rapid heart rate, and I didn't realize that it was my mood stabilizer that was causing it. So for six years, I went to see a cardiologist complaining about my heart, yeah. and they're like, "Nothing's <laughs> wrong with your heart." And then, I, then I was reading the side effects of this drug, and it's like the third tier down. It's like, and very, very, very few people have yeah. rapid heart rate, yeah. and so I just got on a different med, and uh, that went away. So, Definitely. Definitely. So Lots again, I, definitely. And, and again, I, if I emphasize one thing more than anything, uh, like I said, remember that you're not alone and, and also always keep your doctor in the loop, whatever recovery looks like for you. You definitely want to keep your doctor in the loop. Um, so as we wind down, um, I did want to mention a, a few more resources um, for you. I know that there is Mental Health America mhanational.org. There is NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, nami.org. There's also madinamerica.com. Um, Bob, how would people get in contact with you if they have any questions and wanted to, to, to learn more? Yeah, the best way is to join me on my Facebook page called Bipolar Solutions. Just go to that, just search that on Facebook, like the page, and you'll be able to have access to dozens of videos that I've done and my posts, and you'll be able to have a conversation with me if you want. So that's, that's probably the best way that I work with people with bipolar. Good deal. Good deal. Well, um, Bob, thank you for being here today. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, Brian, it was a pleasure. Thank uh, you. Lot, lots of good info that that, um, that you brought to the table. And I know that um, those listening today, um, wherever you are, um, you know, whether you're at home or driving to work or home from work, where, wherever you may be, um, stay safe and um, talk to you next time. Uh, bye.